Yes, hello, I am James Rowlands, and today it's the Dublin 065. It's WWE Elimination Chamber 2023, and I'm not alone. I have a pleasure to be joined by the entire WNR team. Up first, by my side, for every WWE and AEW show, it is, of course, the fantastic Jaxi Scarlett. How are you doing? Hello, hello, everyone. I'm doing well. How are you? Excellent. It's been a while, you know, since we've kind of done this. I think it's been a Rumble uh, review, so we're going straight into it. Are you confident today about your choices, uh, you know, for the chamber? Uh, I'd like to say I'm more 50-50 than, like, fully confident. Uh, we'll get into this discussion as to why I'm like that. Shall we know what up next? Our resident NXT expert and New Japan deity is, of course, Monty. How's it going, man? Oh, man, I'm, I'm doing good. Uh, I'm just uh, caught up. I have to catch up on my sleep and watching Muto's retirement. But, you know, uh, I've been engulfed in a lot of wrestling as of late. And Elimination Chamber was a, a, another bright spot amongst that, amongst that long list. All the stuff I had to watch the last few days, so uh, I'm 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 still in that wrestling days that you be in when you watch a lot of wrestling. <laughs> well, I nearly called this show "It's Monty Strikes Back," but like we said, we're going to get into that. <laughs> uh, and last, by no means least, uh, times have changed. Our kids are getting worse. They won't obey their parents. They just want a fart curse. Should we blame the government or blame society? Or should we blame the images on TV? No, blame Gina. Blame Gina, you know? Or you've got a flapping head full of lies. Blame Gina. Blame Gina. She's not even a real country anyway. It is Gina. <laughs> How's it going? Whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm the queen of the damn country, okay? Let's just pull it like that. <laughs> Hello, team. <laughs> Do you know how but close... I am trouble. Well, how close it was, oh, Canada. And I thought, no, 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 we're not going to do that. We'll, we'll, do, we'll, blame, we'll blame Gina instead, you know. But I hope, <laughs> I hope you are well. All good. And I'm looking forward to this review, to be honest. Yeah, we're going to get straight into what show we have today. Raw and SmackDown review, the last stop before WrestleMania. But we're going to start. Yes, go. (laughs) I would absolutely love to just uh, cut in right here and just intervene real quick. Because it it seems to me that my sister and I actually need to do a bit of an intervention real quick. Um, Not just with yourself, but with another team member of yours named Monty. Right. So I'm actually going to call you both out because you get both, them, sis. I'm getting them. I'm going for it. Both of you actually didn't think we'd listen to the NXT Vengeance Day podcast, did you? <laughs> <laughs> From the sounds of the laugh, no, no. Oh, we were counting. We weren't counting right. on it. I don't think, I don't think we were counting. Yeah, yeah. I, I bet you both weren't. I could tell from from uh, the, the the talk. Um, that was my name brought up quite a few times, James, as well as Gina's. So um, I've got a few notes here I'd like to just kind of pass on, if that's okay. <laughs> Not notes. Yeah, I did see this. <laughs> I did tell him. So first and foremost, I think it's an utter portrayal that you failed to mention that Charlotte Flair uh, opened Vengeance Day. Why the fuck is she opening Vengeance Day? <laughs> Explain that to me. 
Because Why would she need a gay convention? They were in Charlotte. <laughs> Wait, it's not really it because they were in Charlotte. And because she has the name Charlotte, she opened the show. Are you kidding me? Uh, former NXT is, Women's Champion ridiculous. as well. So, you know, it has That's some history. Ridiculous. Um, First and foremost, I'd like to just kind of uh, put it out there. Um, you know, congratulations to both Gina and myself for the first win over the over the uh, matches. Uh, both of you two lost in the yeah. first match, so I w- I'm gloating, absolutely gloating over this. But I highly resent that you called us out and called us cheaters. Um, yeah. I I have to hold my hand up. My sister watches no NXT, especially since they changed it to 2.0. Um, Rub it so in, why don't you? Nothing. <laughs> I, I chose my answers at random and sent them straight to you. I did not even know my sister's an- uh, answers until we were on the more recent podcast. So just letting you know, I didn't even know my sister's responses either. Yeah. Um, also, can I just say... Who said Gallus was going to win? Who? Me. I was there. You are. I am gloating because apart from the main event at Vengeance Day, I got five wins in a row. That is the best I've ever done. And I will not let James claim this was done through cheating <laughs> because it was not. You this was all me and that smart brain of mine. Grayson Waller to win. What? Like how it just—I don't know. Monty was Wait, worse. Was I, I, I edited Wait. so much out of Monty saying shit. Like honestly, you like... edited so. Much. You know what? I think I chose sure. Grayson because I like no, his name. Some Waller because I thought that uh, Bron Brecker was going to get called oh, up. I, I, I genuinely believed he was going to get called up to the main roster. So oh, I thought, yeah, God. they're going to chuck it on Waller and bring him up because I didn't think that they were going to bring up Carmelo Hayes yet. So I went with a title change because of that. And that was my reason for choosing Grayson Waller. Just letting you know. I'll just, Jaxie, seeing if you're going back to listen to old shows, listen to the AEW prelude me and Gina did because she talked loads of shit about you in that one. Look at this one trying to get your bad book. Look at this one trying trying to push it over on me. Nah, I okay. didn't do jack shit, sis. Yeah, you did. You did. I, I, feel like ha- what I'm going to have to do for our audience members is I'm going to have to listen to this back and just double check whether or not James is lying or my sister is, and we will get James to the bottom. I don't lie. I don't lie. I own everything, and I apologise, Jaxie, on behalf of Monty and Gina. All right? That will never... I'll make sure that never... No. Wow. Wow. <laughs> James was definitely hating just as Nick. much as I was. So if I was hating, James was definitely hating. Yeah, I can t- tell that there's a little bit of the of the blame game happening here. Uh, so, yeah, we'll put yeah, this space and we'll some responsibility, guys. You know, come on. <laughs> Jeez. <sighs> yeah, well, fine. All right, James. <laughs> we shall see. Anyway, we that, shall, that shall we? We shall. But that includes. These NXT updates. <laughs> that's that's brilliant. So that concludes James and Monty's telling off. Oh yes. Well, cool. let's. I'm about to say let's cheer ourselves up, but I just looked at the next news story, and I'm going to have to do my serious voice for a second. 
uh, because we're going to move on to news. And W Hall of Famer Jerry the King Lawyer has been hospitalised after suffering a stroke a couple of weeks ago. Uh, he seems to be on the mend, but of course it's been, I think, maybe eight years since his heart attack, maybe longer than that as well, and now suffering a stroke. Uh, if you like the King or if you don't, uh, especially where he wears on a kickoff at this moment in time where he's kind of outdated commentary, there's no doubt the guy's a legend uh, in the ring and the commentary desk, and like I said, we wish him well. Uh, Monty, you know, like I said, with Jerry Lawyer, and, and you know, it's it's a sad situation, but we hope you can make a full recovery, uh, and like I said, an absolute legend, you know? Yeah, man, like you mentioned, legend, uh, uh, the entire, I'm from the southern part of the United States, so I know the entire, you know, city of Memphis, and a lot of people was, you know, definitely worried when anything happens to the king, is just how big he is, and he has a long history, uh, you know, of, you know, dominating that territory, which leads to his history that we all know and love him from doing commentary in WWE uh, slash Elf, but yeah, you know, he's tough, and I, I, like you said, it, that, that's the only thing I immediately thought of when I heard the news was, like, what happened that time when he was on air. And, uh, you know, I'm happy to see that, uh, you know, it wasn't, you know, fatal at that moment. And I, I hope that, you know, all, all, you, all you can do is just hope for the best that he can continue pushing on and uh, work his way back to some a sense of normalcy, as normal as you can be after that. So, yeah, I think we all here wish him the best. Uh, like you said, love more hate Yeah, but the thing is, well, what's this even, i say, weird, uh, another news story as well happened because Jerry Laura, of course, uh, wrestled in Memphis, as you mentioned, Monty, uh, and turned into the CWA alongside um, Jerry Jarrett. And Jerry Jarrett was there, uh, of yeah. course, uh, known as being the kind of the brains behind the promotion, the Andy Kaufman storyline, and saying personal issues draw money. And I think with Jerry Jarrett, of course, we might know him as being... Uh, father creating impact oil creating tna uh, as it was but an, another interesting thing as well is when vincent mann was um doing a steroid trial they said at, the, at this point in time if he was going to be found guilty and sentenced to prison it would be jerry jarrett that took over the wwf so he could have been triple h before triple h even kind of did this uh but like i said a guy who's a true genius but jerry jarrett unfortunately passed away at the age of 80 but again uh a horrible news story especially for the memphis area monty you know yeah again like you said for the memphis area and just like for wrestling uh historians out there and uh like you mentioned came up with a lot of original ideas that like you said the drama that that's been brought into storytelling over the years in professional wrestling even gato uh, all the way in New Japan, a guy who books New Japan has uh, cited or talked about how much he loved the Memphis Territory style of storytelling. That's the type of, you know, he used that influences into his booking in New Japan. So it just shows you the influence of Jerry Jared and just a lot of the, the, the things that they did in that era and uh, the everlasting impact on the on the wrestling community. And we all know about Jeff and we all know, you know, uh, how how far the Jarrett's, the lineage, you know, Cody Rhodes, the intro to Cody Rhodes has never been more right, you know, because, you know, it's a lot of wrestling families and the Jarrett's are definitely one of those uh, prominent wrestling families. So definitely uh, sad to hear that uh, about the passing and all of that. But, uh, you know, uh, like you said, he's definitely a, a legend and left an everlasting legacy 
in professional wrestling. So that was Jeff Jarrett's dad, right? That you were talking about. Yes, yeah. It's Jeff Jarrett's dad, right? Yeah. Yeah. Fair. Yeah, the, and I Wait, think... does Jeff Jarrett have any sons that are wrestling? Do you know what? That's an excellent question. I don't. Nothing springs to mind at this moment in time. I don't know if you had any more children with um, yeah. Karen Angle or anything like that. But like I said, the Jarrett. Nobody I know. No, like I said, but um, like the connection there, even with people like Brian Christopher, you know, you think about the Memphis Territory having quite a you know tragic uh, look at it this past couple of years, but. Um, yeah, it's sad. And Jeff Jack actually wrestled, I think, the night after on Dynamite after his uh, father passed as well. But we're going to move on to Raw and SmackDown. Uh, and Raw, January 30th, Rollins beat Gable, Reed beat Ziggler, all to qualify for the US Chamber. SmackDown, February 3rd, Braun Strowman and Ricochet beat Imperium in the final of the tournament to crown the next number contendership. Um, Really enjoyable opener, actually. All four did well. And not since 1995 have we seen NASCAR and wrestling go together so well as Rey Mysterio beat Dom in a race. There's not many times I watch SmackDown and think, what the fuck am I smoking at this moment in time? Uh, Charlotte defended the women's title versus Sonya Deville. Jackson, you must be about that. Charlotte getting a defense in. You know, what a champion. I mean... Yeah, if the match went a decent length and actually was, like, you know, worth watching. But, like, did anyone really believe that Sonia was going to win? No, no. Exactly. <laughs> uh, not a chance. It's, it's not your a chance. It was your average match. I haven't got really much to say on it. I wish I, I'd, I'd like to say more on it and say these two women gave a great match. But they just, they weren't even given any time. They were given hardly any time. So the match didn't even go that long. True that. Uh, well, backstage, Roman Reigns demanded answers as to where Jay Uso is. Neither Jimmy or Solo had them. The Tribal Chief, though, is a great manipulative bad guy, as we know. Everything he does is one goal in mind, maintaining his status as the head of the table. And then we had a spot in the Nation Chamber to determine a top contender for the Women's Championship. It was a fatal four-way. Shania Baszler, Zelina Vega, Shotzi. And Natalia, which Natalia won, which, again, is quite a big upset until you realise the pay-per-view was in Canada. And then Roman Reigns made his way to the ring to close out the show with his intent of addressing the status of the bloodline. He accused everyone of wanting more and more from him until Sami Zayn attacked. Zayn sent the head of the table scurrying to the sanctuary floor and announced his attention to come after Reigns. He said, you're wrong about me. I never wanted anything for you until now. I want something from you. I'm going to take it because I'm coming after you and the Undisputed Universal Championship to a huge pop. But of course, this brought down a beatdown from Jimmy and Solo before Reigns spoke to Down Zayn. We want Jay Chance. They want Jay, but I don't have Jay because you broke up the bloodline, Reigns said. You broke up my family. Now I want to break you in front of yours. Reigns said, accepting the challenge for Elimination Chamber in Sami Zayn's hometown of Montreal. Uh, Gina, we've talked about this story, but like, my God, they're, they're getting everything right. I know we're going to go in more detail, but even the setup for Zayn saying like, there's nothing, I just want to be part of the bloodline. Reigns using his ego and thinking more. It's just, this was brilliant, you know? It is very good long-term storytelling. If you think about it, back at the start of the COVID era, era, back in like 2020, 
we kind of had, you know, the the part where Roman was kind of bullying Jay into submission, I want to say, you know, um, and it was just Roman versus Jay kind of throughout that time. And then seeing where we are today with Jay having these conflicted feelings and being bossed around again by Roman, what he did is kind of possibly giving him a bit of PTSD in having those expectations put on him again. And then the fact that like the tables have turned in terms of Jimmy was the one who was the best friend with with Sammy and was doing all the handshake, the personal handshake, etc. And it took Sammy ages to get through to Jay, you know, and now it's like the tables have turned. Jimmy just is, is ready to go to town on Sammy and Jay is happily just, you know, giving him a high five backstage and stuff. So it's just the long term storytelling. It just gives you chills. And again, like you said about Sammy in saying I've never wanted anything from you, but just to be a part of the sto- the, the bloodline. Honestly, I, I still think back to the I can't remember which show it was. But it, was it was a smackdown and it was a lumberjack match that Sammy had. And he wanted backup. He knew he had no backup. I think he was facing Drew. And he just went to Roman and was like, look, if the Usos could come out for me and just help and be in my corner, like that's all I, all I really want. And then hearing their music drop halfway through his match, I still remember that. So when you heard that him t- say to Roman, I never wanted anything from you, but just to be part of the bloodline. It's like, it's true. That's all he wanted. It's true. <laughs> so it, it was, it's heartbreaking, but it's also amazing storytelling at the same time. Yeah. Without a shadow of a doubt, you know, it was just so, so enjoyable. It's like Smackdown is just like much watch, must watch TV, especially since the rumble leading up to the chamber. You just want to see, uh, you know, what Sammy and Roman were going to do. Uh, Raw February 6th, Edge Beth promo challenging Finn and Rhea for the chamber. Beth Glam Slam Dom, and she looks so good doing it. Uh, Priest beat Dawkins, qualify for the chamber match for the US title. Jay Bay fought Corbin, I guess he's a lone wolf now. Uh, Brock Lesnar F5, Bobby Lashley a couple of times. Uh, we then saw Carmella in her old gimmick qualify for the Elimination Chamber beating. Piper Niven, Mia Yim, and Candice LeRae. Oscar ran through Chelsea Green. Montez Ford qualified for the US title chamber match, beating Elias. And in the main event, Becky Lynch beat Bailey in a cage match after Lita helped. Now, Jaxie, of course, we didn't get the cage match at Raw 30. Did this match make up for it? I mean, it did, yeah. But it just, I don't know. I don't think that it had the sort of same impact that it originally was would have had does that make sense mm. i mean don't get me wrong it was a great match i think it was a great main event um i think both becky and bailey both shone in that match but i don't know there was like for me it just kind of felt like at the end of it i was like okay is that it are we done are they moving on are we still carrying this on because <laughs> i don't really get why they're they're even at this point i've actually lost um the motive as to why these two are still even fighting or arguing. Do you know what I mean? You know when yeah. sometimes a story just dips? Like, whereas when you look at the Bloodline storyline, it's been consistent week in, week out, that you've been invested. That's the reason why you're, like, looking to watch it, you know? Um, and, and I feel like there was that anticipation for the original cage match between between both women. But yeah. by the time this actual cage match happened, I was kind of like, I've forgotten why you guys are still going at it, but are you done? Are you moving on? Are you going to, like, go in different directions? So I, just, I don't really get where, where the story goes from here for them both. It feels like 
Bailey's got written into a contract, she can only have two feuds a year. You know, it's, it's like... <laughs> <laughs> like, it kind of feels like that, right? Yeah. No, I don't know what happened, but uh, but we're talking bloodline. We concentrate more on SmackDown, February tenth. Paul Heyman's attempt stopping a bleeding within the bloodline backfired as Sami Zayn interrupted and sent a message loud and clear to the Universal Champ. The Tribal Chief does not have to worry about Cody because he's going to beat him in Montreal at the Chamber. Backstage, Jim Uso repeatedly called his brother. The reality may have to defend the tag titles by himself, setting disputed W Tag Team Championship match did take place with Rick Shane and Braun Strowman versus Jimmy and Jay showed up at the last possible second embracing his brother. Um and again, this is the Usos match is just great. <laughs> I can't I know people talk about a lot of other teams, but I don't know how they can hold the titles for so long and still deliver top quality when we, we kinda know as we talked about with Shark, well we know they're probably gonna, you know, defend. But it's that kind of doubt in our mind that Rick Shea and Braun you know I know they're put together team but they did everything right in this but it was Jay who helped the team mm. getting a blind tag from his brother and delivering a splash to an unsuspecting yep. Rick you know again per- you know, you've got, you, you actually got to give it to both Ricochet and Braun at one point during that match I thought oh shit are they actually gonna win you know there was that moment of doubt um during the match that's how good the match was yeah, well, that like was said. It was really, and even like backstage when we see Sami Zayn as Gina, you mentioned it earlier. Zayn catching up with Jay, and admitting he may not have things end with the bloodline, but he acknowledges him. And then the kind of fist bump that ended, you just was like, "Yay!" <laughs> I can't put it into words. Another expression. It's just like Jay's on. Yeah, fine, you know. Uh, and even Paul Heyman saying to you, so like, or saying to Jimmy, did you know what was Jay anything? You stay at home next week. Uh, just really, really good stuff. And then in a really weird thing, Riddick Moss beat Cross, Ray and Santos in Lumber Contendership for the Intercontinental title. I don't know why, trust me. Uh, Raw, February 13th, Judgment Day beat Street Profits. The Profits were being beaten down, um, but Ripley came out of nowhere and delivered a riptide to the Glamazon. I just want to see those two fight. Uh, Lesnar and Lashley had the contract signing, had a match at Chamber. Um, bunch of screwy guys lined in the aisle to set up a table that Lashley had just had. Uh, as obviously it all ended in a massive brawl, but Lashley ended out on top. Now, Monty, how do you think Bobby has come across in his feuds with in his feud with Brock? Because obviously Brock's been <laughs> like Bobby Who, and Bobby maybe. I, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, what do you think? Because he should... I would have put Brock through that table. And I think it was any other wrestler, you know, that he called an audible and put right. him through that fucking table. But with Brock, it was like, I'm not sure what I'm going to Yeah, no, that's a fair criticism. Uh, honestly, I think what I would say is, like, inconsistent. Uh, because, like, sometimes... Uh, it, sometimes they seem like they want to book this as a two-faced thing, and then sometimes Bobby does stuff, like, in this contract sign, and he's obviously, you know, the bad guy or, you know, being kind of cowardly. And, I, and I, you know, again, uh, he's... I get it, because he is up kind of in his mind at this point, because after the last two times they've seen each other, you know, he's came out looking strong or whatever. But, yeah... Uh, I, I do think that I wish that this was uh, taken more seriously from Brock's point of view 
know, Brock it just seems like he uh he's just gonna run through no it no matter what. He's not taking it personal. And I, and then after a while now, the longer the feud is going on, it doesn't seem like Bobby is taking it as seriously or as he should either. Because again, like you mentioned, he he doesn't feel you remember how he felt, like, uh, uh, how Bobby feels as the almighty Bobby Lashley to the rest of the roster, pretty much. There's only two people that Bobby don't uh, strike fear in, I guess, if you go out booking. Well, I guess you can add self to that, too, now. But, like, and that's Roman and Brock. Everyone else, Bobby has been able to run through, at least the way they portray him. So, for him to look as not a threat to Brock, or at least Brock not to seem that way, it does make Bobby look a certain type of way. But I did like that Bobby at least got a chance to stand tall here, uh, even though he still looked cowardly. Yeah, this is the thing, isn't it? Like, you want Bobby just to smash Brock and just be like, there you go. Who do you think you're fucking around? Right, like two monsters. Yeah. Let them both. Like, even when Goldberg had the feud with them, they were portrayed more on, like, equal standards when it came to, like, uncontrollable type of, you know, beasts. And I don't and I think they've not they kinda of dropped the ball there when it comes to Bobby and that rich Yeah, I completely agree with you. Speaking of dropping the ball, Baron Corbin was given an interview backstage. Uh Sami Zayn jumped to the ring unexpectedly with a mic and he asked Cody Rose to join him. Luckily they had the music and the fireworks set up uh, as Cody made his way out. I wanted to know if Rose was being truthful when he said the master strategist could beat Roman Reigns, saying question whether he could defeat the tribal chief, talk about how he is Reigns takes so down so many people during his run as champion. Rose tried to pump up his ego by saying the crowd knows he can win on Saturday. And you know what? I'm I'm, I'm invested in Zayn. But then there was a moment when Cody's going, I intend to finish my story. And I got goosebumps. And I'm like, I don't even like Cody that fucking much. But that, <laughs> that made me kind of go like, whoa. That's, you know. And also, we might argue here, I think Cody looks like a, a, just a star. You know, Zayn, don't get me wrong, I know he is, but Cody just looks like he's got it. This was great stuff and real emotion. Uh, and Gina, you know, this is just, for Zayn, he has the ability, and Triple H did a press conference afterwards, uh, the hints of Mick Foley. He can make you laugh, but just with one change in his eye, you just, you feel for him so much, you know? Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, I think he's literally captured all the fans' hearts, and that's why he's so popular up there, you know? It's like, it's something that even if you don't want to like him, you like it. (laughs) I don't think that's something you can get out of. (laughs) I said I completely... So weird to kind of see that in another wrestler and think with Zayn as well. He's just... Yeah, it's just so likeable about him and then kind of even with introducing Cody to it and saying look it's not a foregone conclusion it could be Sammy versus Cody and he both fire him up as well weird main event for Raw Bianca Belair beating Bailey and Becky Lynch don't know why they did that here maybe just for a main event uh, and then Smackdown February 17th in Montreal Natalia got the greatest pop in for a few years uh, unfortunately up short Team with Shotzi versus Ronda and Baszler. But Jaxi, you would, I mean, Ronda Rousey returned, and I don't think anybody cared, but you're in for Ronda and Baszler just tearing up the women's division, which there's not a lot of teams to tear up, really. I mean, no, there's not, but there's plenty of women. There's, um, there's plenty of women to be able to, for both Shayna and Ronda to bash up, so to speak. Um, and plus, you know, you know what 
WWE are like. They put two people together and say, yeah, you're a tag team. <laughs> just have Ronda and Shayna come in and just slay them and then get gone, you know? Um, I, I really do want to see Ronda and uh, Shayna as a legitimate tag team, and I want to see them take those titles, and I just want to see them run with it. I actually think it would be really good uh, for for both women. Um, so, yeah, it's the biggest pop Natalia got, and yeah, she just got slayed. It, it it was still just really random to me as to why, like, I get it, Shotzi had issues with them, Natty had issues with them, but this, like, was issues from months ago. Why are we only just getting this tag team match between the two of them now? I know that Ronda's only just returned in uh, inadverted commas, but still, this this putting together of Shotzi and Natalia just did not make sense at all. No. What, what did make sense as well, well, afterwards, you know, like I said, we're going to get onto the chamber in a minute. But we see Hit Row in the ring, rapping, uh, of course, in Salt in Canada. Lights went out when they came back on. We see Bray White and Uncle Howdy stood on the apron. Of course, laid waste to Hit Row. White grabbed the microphone issue, challenged the winner of Brock Lesnar versus Bobby Lashley match uh, Saturday night at Elimination Chamber. Well... Fuck my ass is what I put at the time. And this actually, and I'm not making excuses. I know what you guys are going to say. But this changed my prediction for Elimination Chamber as well. Monty, what do you think the reasons why they did this for? Because Raw afterwards was just a mess and they didn't even mention it. It felt it feels random now, don't it? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It just feels like it was something they, they needed Bray to do something. You know, uh, the the moment that the, I thought the spot with with uh, actually with Hit Row was enough. I thought just having them attack someone together, like, oh, okay, I like this. They just pop up and attack people, you know, leave. That'd be cool. But no, he stayed, and like you said, he it, it just feels so random. I don't know what the prior beefs are. <laughs> I don't know what like we don't know. No, I, I I can't even give you anything. I'm telling you, I would tell you about why they did that. Is me making up head cannon because like, again, it's no, it just came out of nowhere. It's literally made out. Came can out I of just nowhere. can I just add on to that though? Even though you are completely right on that, Monty, and I completely agree with you one hundred percent. Why is it that it still gave me chills with excitement at the prospect of seeing Bray Wyatt, Brock Lesnar, and Bobby Lashley in the same ring together? I don't know why. Just give it to me. Yeah, at the time it intrigued me. So yeah, I think it did that mm-hmm. job. Like I was wondering what the hell, why, where are we going with this? I'm still intrigued yeah. by it, but that doesn't make it any less out of nowhere. Or <laughs> no, it's very, very <laughs> still, random. Yeah, it is still like very, very fuck you guys now, isn't it? It's like, yeah, how dare you? I mean, it, give us that. And do you know just... what it reminded me of? The when the Viking Raiders just popped out of nowhere, and they were supposed to be, you know seen as oh my gosh they've changed into proper vikings and they just ca- came out randomly like, and no one understood life. why <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah it, it it reminded me of that it was very there yeah. when it came to sort of bray wyatt calling calling them out so i completely understand and it was so random but i'm also excited so well, no, let's see like, where it goes like i said mm. the, the bray wyatt matching up with them is, is better than maybe the uncle howdy match Many thought he was going to have, probably still have that match now. Speaking of Viking Raiders, they came up short against Drew and Sheamus. Poor Drew. That's what you're doing now. <laughs> Oscar beat Liv. Unfortunately, it was overshadowed by everyone at ringside. I think 
Madcap Moss doesn't work as a name. I'm going to call him Babe Moss from now on because Emma and him calling each other Babe made me fucking <laughs> sick. So, no. I don't know if you guys know this, but they're dating. <laughs> it makes me it's sick. It's cheesy as hell, though, guys. I gather that. pure cringe. <laughs> Can we just... Do we do we or yeah. do we need to necessarily register all of these wrestling couples? Like, don't get me wrong, there are times where it works, you know. Uh, you know, knowing just knowing that Bianca Belair and Montez Ford are married, but we rarely see them come out with each other unless it's just kind of, you know, uh, yeah. at random spots. So, like when Bianca was taken out on on the steps and she had her her face planted. I remember Montez Ford came out then and there was so much emotion because I was like, oh my gosh, seeing him come out is real concern. It works. But, but, and I get it. Because you, because it's not being chucked in your face like that. Yeah, I get it. it, Ross and Emma are in a relationship. Anyone who like, you know, does actually keep up (laughs) with social media for wrestlers would know who's in a relationship, who's not. It does not need to be translated into TV. I, the I, problem I, I, is, it's the only thing we know them for. Like, Emma has returned, and the so only thing we know about her is that she's she dates bad camp now. Yeah. But they're like, not even on. getting into mixed tag feuds. It's not exactly right. like they they're not fighting with they, uh, They're just dating. No, it's just there. And it's just, I don't know why, but if they are a couple, why the fuck do they look so awkward together on camera? Because thing, seeing like their backstage promo bits and just seeing Emma stood there staring lovingly at. It looks awkward. It's like it, sometimes it's because, it works, it's right? because they have a conversation stood shoulder to shoulder rather than yeah. facing each other. It's just all kinds of awkward, you know. Like um, you've got like promos like Carrion Cross speaking to the camera, and it works with Scarlett at his back, at, behind him, um, and it's always worked because of you know they've built up that rapport. People know them. Um, people would find it weird to not see Scarlett around Karrion Cross, and the way that they interact on camera is natural for some reason. Even and though you know that they're a couple, it it just does not feel natural when it comes like in seeing Madcap and Emma have even a conversation. So yeah, this whole conversation that they had backstage that was such an awkward moment. And just add, even adding in the babe, I was like Emma. None of us need to know that you call him Babe. No one does. So Babe Moss came up short versus the longest reigning Intercontinental champion this century in Gunther. Uh, and we'll see what Babe can do in the future. But the main headline for SmackDown was Sami Zayn returning home to Montreal to an ovation as loud as any in recent memory. His old theme sung. Emotion painted his face as the fans greeted him with chants of Ole, you know, to his El Generico character, transitioning to chants of Sammy. And for minutes, he stood in the centre of the ring, soaking in the moment as fans rained down on him with definitely show of appreciation and love. And when he finally spoke, he exclaimed that it was Roman Reigns versus Sami Zayn and the entire city of Montreal tomorrow night at the Elimination Chamber. I mean, Gina was the cherry on top of the cake if we were all ready for Sami Zayn and that interaction between the crowd just shows the love and not just this is the only annoyance for me 
the fact he's in Montreal and it's like, oh, it's his hometown. It could be in any arena and he would be getting that love and adulation at this moment in time, wouldn't he? Yeah, I literally was about to say that to you and be like, just because he was in his hometown doesn't mean that that pop would have been any different anywhere else. He would have got that same pop in any part of the country. You know, um, everyone's been waiting for, for Sammy's time to come. And again, it does kind of take you back even before the COVID and the bloodline storylines, it takes you back to Sammy and his conspiracy theories on on just WWE not wanting him to be on top. And it's literally one of those... Um, I miss that. I miss yeah, it's I a conspiracy, that. guys. It's a conspiracy. <laughs> <laughs> but I, it, it made me think of... Um, as soon as like I saw that come out, I kind of thought of that meme that Leonardo DiCaprio does, you know, when he sees something that he recognises and he's like clicking at the TV and pointing to say that's me. Like I literally was like, this moment, yeah. this moment right here, all the way back from the conspiracy, they didn't want him on top and listen to this pop. So I, I was super pleased for him. But I also felt a little bit, I felt a little bit upset. And don't get me wrong, not upset because Sammy's upset me. I'm, I'm more feel upset because I'm just not ready for Sammy to not be part of the bloodline. <laughs> we only just got him and Jay like on the same page. I really wanted the longer reign. It is the time for, for them to break up now. I get it. But in my fantasy world, I still wanted Sammy to be part of the bloodline. So it was hard. It was hard to take that on board as well. Yeah. It's, it's, sometimes it is hard to say uh, goodbye, but it leads all roads lead WrestleMania back to the Elimination Chamber in Montreal, Canada, February 18th. The kickoff, Caleb Braxton, Irish Kevin, Pete Rosenberg, Barrett Fielding for Booker. And I'm not having a go at Booker. I love him. Ask Monty with NXT. But because Wade Barrett had been in, well, he fought two chamber matches. He's actually in three and he got sold that. But he actually was talking about how difficult it is to be in a chamber match. And again, it's an hour long. It was not worth re-watching, but enough to pass the time. Uh, we had a great video in Montreal as well with Ariel Hawani joining the kickoff panel. I guess just to piss off Tony Khan. Uh, but the crowd was ready in the kickoff as well, which you know uh, is going to be a good show. Uh, we get told it's 42 days till Mania, but this is our WrestleMania tonight. So the main show starts with the Women's Elimination Chamber match. It's time to find out who faces Bianca Belair at WrestleMania. Oscar starts us off hot. Uh, Mella next, then Rodriguez with a good pop. Nikki Cross looks like she's used to being locked up, uh, which means Liv and Natalia start the match. Nat got another great uh, ovation. And again, the rules for the chamber after an undecided number of minutes, <laughs> we get our next competitor, uh, which seems to be Raquel. Awkward exchange, and then Nikki Cross was next. Of course, she jumped off the top of a chamber to wipe out the other three. Monty, was there any doubt in your mind Nikki Cross would come into that match and not do something like diving off somewhere? It was definitely going to be a crossbody, too. Yeah. I knew it. I, I seen it. It was just like, it was just, it doesn't matter if she was crazy, Nikki, Nikki ASH. She was going to do a diving crossbody on multiple women. That's that's her, that's what she has to do. But like you said, specifically this version of Nikki, oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. And she was, uh, like you said, chomping at the bit to get in there, too. So, <laughs> Well, this is the thing with Nikki. What I love about her 
is, is this is like an old kind of wrestling thing as well, is make the most of your time. And even when she's sitting in that chamber and she's doing this weird writing and Michael Cole's, like, I wonder what she's doing. And it makes you interested. <laughs> and it's only like five right. seconds. Uh, Mella was the penultimate person out. Rodriguez put Nikki Cross through the plexiglass. Uh, we missed Nikki being pinned by Raquel. Liv left off the chamber and Sunset flipped Raquel off the turnbuckle in a good spot. Oscar was last out and fucked up Mella. Chance of Oscar's going to kill you. Uh, surprisingly, Natalia made Liv Morgan pass out. I guess it's retribution from 25 years ago. I think everybody forgets the Montreal <laughs> screw job here. Oscar did help with an arm bar, though. Mm, but yeah, I just think they wanted to give Natty a, 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 an elimination. <laughs> yeah, they had to give her something. Yeah, We're but gonna... come on, Liv has just been thrown under the truck. She's, like, lost on SmackDown, she lost on Raw, and she's the one taking the pins or the submissions. And then again in the chamber, like, they couldn't even let her have, like, one elimination before she was out there. No, like, literally, Natty is just going to get you. And for me, it's, it, I know it sounds really bad for me to say it, but if I was Liv, I'd be like, Natty, of all people, gets me out. You know I was the women's champion, like, two, three months ago. And you want Natty, who hasn't even been on TV for the past God knows how long. You want her tapping me out? Nah, I'd be offended. That's, that's her deal, though. She likes pain. Yeah, she, she loved it. it. She enjoyed it. I get that. I get yeah. that. Yeah. She loved it. Nah, not happening. She's like, watch yeah. me lose. Like, you know, it just loves it. Um, <laughs> right. Lose with a smile. <laughs> Mella sent that packing with a boot to the face. And then Oscar and Mella. Now, Carmella, I've... You know, don't get me wrong, character, you know. I think this is the coolest thing she ever fucking did. With Oscar, uh, double uh, double eliminating Raquel with a combo of kicks. Which yeah, looked... that combo was nice. <laughs> I was like, I don't know if it's Oscar adding to this, but Mella, fair yeah, fucking that was play. Sweet. Uh, but of course... <clears throat> yeah, that was a highlight moment, definitely. <laughs> after Raquel was eliminated, it was down to Carmella and Oscar. And I can just imagine everybody's reaction on this podcast if Mella... <laughs> got the win but no luckily oscar managed to tap out carmella and is on the way to wrestlemania um jackson what were your thoughts on this matchup yeah um i really loved it i thought it was great i think each woman was highlighted well um they had their own sort of individual moments to shine um, and I have to really give it to Carmella. She came back. Um, a lot of people were kind of like, oh, damn, she's back. And straight away, she goes into that promo with the new Oscar. And everyone's just thinking, oh, yeah, she's already done for. So having her be the part of the final two um, in the Elimination Chamber match against Oscar, I thought it was really good, um, not only for Carmella to show, like reshow herself and and uh, get herself back into sort of the way way things were, but just to actually see her old character come back. I was a huge fan of uh, the her original character when she first came into it. Um, I was I was very much um, wanting to see her get pushed uh, back then. So I'm I was very happy to see her get a few highlight moments. Obviously, the standout for me was Oscar. She absolutely smashed it. I loved what her and Carmella were doing with each other. Carmella was running and screaming like Oscar was about to kill her, but still made it to the final two. So it was just brilliant storytelling within that, just that one chamber match um, 
I thought it was great and all of the women, all of the uh, female wrestlers in that match uh, did great jobs. What would you give it out of five? Um, I'd give I'd give it a four and four point eight, four point eight. I really enjoyed it. Uh, Monty, what did you think of the match? What you score that out of five? Yeah, a lot. Of, I, I I agree with a lot of what you just said. Uh, this match was really good. It had a lot of enjoyable moments, uh, and I, I just like how each elimination played out. I think you kind of went into it, but I thought they kind of made uh it made everyone's elimination you know made a lot of sense to me i just really like the sequences that that made like you said the double submission was an awesome moment you know the the sequence for rock hills was great and uh you know uh nikki cross has made sense after what she went through you know what i mean going through the pod and all that so uh yeah it was just it was a lot of likable moments and then like i just thought everything went smoothly the crowd was really into it so it was a great way to kick off the show, and then I just thought I thought everything went right. Like even though even with Carmella there at the end, I think it, I probably would have been more concerned if it was someone like a Rock Hill. I just knew they probably were gonna go with Carmella and Bianca for uh, for Wrestle for WrestleMania. So I once once we got to that point, it was still like you said, Carmella still held her own. But I thought Oscar was by far the right pick. She looked incredible in this match. And Bianca versus Oscar was the biggest match you can make overall from everybody who was a contender. Everyone who was a contender, that's the biggest match you can make. So uh, I was just eager. I'm really eager to see how that build goes going forward when it comes to Oscar and Bianca. But uh, I gave the match itself four and a half stars. Yeah. Uh, Gina, what about you? What are you going to score that out of five? Do you know what? I'm going to give it a five. I enjoyed it. Even though I'm not the biggest fan of Natalia, I thought all of the women did well. And yeah, I was actually able to watch it live. And I, it, even though there's no difference to the match, for, for those of us in the UK who don't get the opportunity to watch the pay-per-views actually happen live, there's just this, a certain different ambience about it when you do watch it. So for me, I was well into it. So I'd just give it a five. Yeah, well, I'm going to give it a four and a half. They're really, really... Good stuff to start us off. Uh, so predictions, the Prediction Leagues 2023. Because we've got three Prediction Leagues, but we've already started with the WWE Prediction League. Uh, of course, I am 1-0 up on the group because of the Rumble win and perfect score, I will say. Uh, bonus League, Jackson Montu on 9, Gina's on 11, I'm on 12. For this match, we all went Oscar, so we're all on one point a piece. Bobby Lashley versus Brock Lesnar. I love Big Bobby's entrance, but credit to Brock, he looked in great shape. But there was no point because this was, again, like a five-minute match, and I was so disappointed. I don't know what I'm expecting. I'm not expecting them thrown around all the time, but a little bit more than what we got with the signature finishes, you know, which, again, kicking out of an F5 a couple of times might be pretty cool. Then uh, a couple of spears, but then the hurt lock was locked leading to the beast, hitting a low blow and a DQ finish. Enraged Lesnar attacked Lesnar and the referee, leaving both men lying. Well, I tell you what, you have uh, referee twice and Bobby threw the announce table. Uh, but for me, this was disappointing. But, I mean, Gina, what about, what about you? Because, again, Bobby Brock, we've built up to this moment in time and this is what they gave us. I mean, 
I totally agree with you. Definitely agree with you. But I also kind of saw this coming. So I was watching it again um, live but with Jaxie. And I literally said to her, you know why they've ended it like this, right? Because they want this feud being stretched to WrestleMania. And the only way that they were going to be able to justify getting a WrestleMania match out of these two is by continuing it on like that, for example. So for me, that's how I took it. Um, I'm never mad at seeing King Bobby. He literally is like, you know, King Bob <laughs> from the Minions. I love him so much. He he comes across as a king every time you see him and he bosses it. Him and Brock have great chemistry together. You can feel the tension between them from your TV screen, let alone being there in person. So I can imagine the crowd still thought it was lit. They were quite loud as well. So um, I still enjoyed it, but I also was not surprised by the outcome. Mm. Yeah, I think it would be fair to say. I mean, I was, but only because of what Bray Wyatt said on fucking SmackDown. With the DQ, I was going to go, well, I thought we were going to have a little bit more. Uh, what would you score that match out of five, Gina? Mm, I'll give it... Oh, I'm being picky here. Uh, I'll give it three and three quarters, just because it was it wasn't exactly the biggest or longest match going, and the tomfoolery at the end. So yeah, three and three quarters, I think. Uh, Monty, what about you? What are your thoughts on score? Yeah, like you mentioned, it was a finish of war. You know, one of those. Uh, it's actually a finisher war Brock Lesnar style. He actually should have a whole, his whole like a, a, a genre of match to himself <laughs> where people just spam finishers because he's done it with a couple of people. Now, I was about to just compare it to the Goldberg one, but he did a fast one with Seth once before. And, you know, it just probably wasn't as fast as some of those matches, but this was still, like you mentioned, just one of those things where, I think thanks to the crowd, to me, it really made the uh, everything feel more special. And I think, like I said, I, I'll mention even more later about how great Montreal was as a crowd. But, uh, you know, so I think they added something to this for me because, like you said, other than that, it wasn't much really anything special about it other than you just get to see these two great athletes doing going at it. But this wasn't too special. Uh, but I do understand the story of Brock realizing he couldn't break the hurt lock, so he just said, screw it, I'll get DQ. But like you said, with everything Bray, with what, what, what Bray Wyatt said, and then with Michael Cole at the beginning saying that this is the grudge match, basically saying this is going to be the definitive end of the Bobby Lashley-Brock feud, I wanted Bobby to go over, you know, maybe in a way more of a definitive way. And if this is it, let it be it. But, it, you know, again, if this is leading to something else, which – most likely seem may be the case, then, you know, we'll just have to see how that turned out. I don't know if I, maybe it's too early for me to, to, to you know, really shit on this result. But, yeah, I, I really was disappointed, like you mentioned too, James. But I still gave it three and three quarters, though, overall. I, I thought it was still fun at the end of the day. Like Brock going on a rampage with the ref and all that. It was still fun, but definitely disappointing. Yeah, I wonder if the referee knew he's going to be F5 twice. Um, Jack, <laughs> What were your scores for this matchup? So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have to agree with a lot of um, <clears throat> what all of you have said about this match. I think overall, I was just incredibly disappointed. I was so looking forward to this match. I think this was probably my most anticipated match because 
who doesn't want to see two beasts just go at it? Um, I think my main disappointment came mainly from the timing factor. It it went five minutes, if even that. Um, and I just really feel like I, I just really want them both to let go. Like I want them to just give us like 40 minutes of just big ass men wrestling and giving it their all, especially when it's like the likes of Bobby Lashley and Brock Lesnar. They have so much that they could actually do within a match with each other. And again, I kind of feel cheated that we didn't get to see, you know, to the full extent of how much carnage this could cause. Look at look at one one of the matches that Brock had with Roman at, at WrestleMania. I think it was brilliant, you know? Um, or was it SummerSlam? When when was it that Brock brought the tractor? tractor SummerSlam, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was SummerSlam. Um, but you know, that, that's just just giving him them both time, and they produced such a great match. That is exactly what I imagined for this match. So it, it's not even you know Brock causing a DQ, just like Monty rightly said. I think that um, Brock knew we couldn't get out of it. He knew he was fucked, and he was like, "Nah, fuck this," you know. Um, which kind of makes sense, you know, keep keep it going a bit longer. Exactly like my sister said, I think it's going to go on to WrestleMania and that's what they wanted. But again, where does Bray Wyatt fit into this? Because he called them out like 48 hours before or 24 hours before. Uh, but secondly, yeah, it was it felt like another Becky Bailey match moment where you just got cheated out of like watching a, a match that could actually have been really decent on a pay-per-view event. It wasn't even like it was a Raw or SmackDown. So um, I was disappointed with the with the time. Um, I felt like they could have done more. So I just gave it a four. Yeah, I gave it a three and a half because it pissed me right off. I'm not gonna lie, I was expecting something a little bit better than what we got. Like I said, if it was if it didn't build as like the last match, maybe you should have realised if it's like it's not no disqualification. But again, it just muddies the water a little bit. Uh, prediction wise, I went Brock. Rest went. For Bobby, so I'm on one. Monty, Jackson, Gina are on two. And we got our first Hollywood trailers as well. Seth and Joker, of course, on the stairs, which was fantastic. And the rumours were that Lynch was going to be Harley Quinn, but she was instead the man. Which, again, did make me laugh. I mean, Gina, these, the trailer for uh, these are going to be more and more entertaining as we get WrestleMania as well. Um, pass. I don't want to speak about this. <laughs> Otherwise, people are going to hate me. <laughs> Go on. I, want people I, Seth, I, I loved Seth as the Joker. I'll say that. I love Seth as, as the Joker. The rest of it didn't work for me. I kind of had to go and make a drink and just walk away because it was cringing me too much. But we are going to get more of these, um, more of these Hollywood trailers. And that's great. But I just couldn't take that <laughs> the full of the advert. If you thought that was cringe, cringe word, you need to watch some of the old ones. Yeah. Oh, don't. Most of them, can sit through them. Like, me and my sister really have a problem with awkward moments. And when we feel awkward, I can't sit through it. I've got to go hide or go stand in a different room. <laughs> yeah, I can't do it either. I actually sit behind... There's, like, um, my dining table behind my couch. And when an awkward moment happens, I go and I sit underneath the dining table so I can see just between the, the the crack of the couch and the TV because that's how awkward it is and I can't deal with it. It's like that. <laughs> I think we brought up some harsh memories. we we'll move on quickly. Uh, George Hemp 
was in the crowd and we head into our next match judgment day versus beth phoenix and edge the heart about doubled the preview of phoenix versus ripley who have been doing the majority of the heavy lifting. Uh, one of my favourite things was Beth going, eat this bitch. Uh, <laughs> this is what we want. Edge and Balor received the tags that ignited the home stretch, which features some key spots involving uh, Dom. Despite repeated attempts by the despicable Hill to influence the outcome, Phoenix wiped Ripley out with a glam slam on the floor and then joined her husband moments later for a shatter machine for the pinfall victory on Balor, and there's no doubt, Monty, that the exchanges between Ripley and Beth were worth the price of admission alone. Yeah. Yeah, because, again, it was full circle. I don't know if you felt this, James, but, you know, we NXT reviewers, so as someone who watched Beth call a, a little chunk of Rhea's matches there towards, you know, uh, together, and, you know, knowing that she was there to watch Rhea down in NXT, to, and now to see Beth versus this version of Rhea, it's kind of a full circle moment. Uh, I think Belt even talked about that in the press conference or whatever, uh, mentioned that she met her at, at the May Young Classic, you know, and that was a very different reel than the one that, that, you know, that we see now on our television screen. But this is, like you said, those moments were awesome and they looked great. Like it, like that and like the powerbomb spot when uh, they both each powerbomb the male <laughs> counterparts. Yeah, you have real powerbombing Edge and, Bell Powerbomb and Finn. Yep. Like, it was just awesome. Uh, yeah, even Dominic outside the ring. I don't know exactly what happened, but I guess Bell threw him. Yeah, he just flies <laughs> and knocks uh, Finn off the top rope. It was just, uh, just an awesome, awesome spot, you know, making the women just look great. And uh, again, it was just, I love the finish, the shadow machine. I didn't even know uh, that FTR was helping, or I think. Uh, if not, if not Dax, I know for a fact uh, Cash was helping out uh, Edge and Bell standing, uh, getting in shape for this for this match, or just getting back in ring shape in general. So That's to cool. do a shadow machine was awesome, you know, to see that there at the finish. So uh, yeah, uh, this is this is really good fun, man. I really enjoyed it. Oh yeah, by the way, I thought Roman was gonna be the most hated by far. He was. But Dominic was right there. <laughs> Jesus. They hated Dominic, Fuck man. You, Dominic Charles. <laughs> Jesus. Like... It just shows you how well he's killing his little, you know, role of this yeah. gangster, this spoiled gangster, I guess he is. But, yeah, man, it's awesome. I have, to, I, I have to actually give it to Dom. The, the fact that he will not let go, the fact that he was so, say, in prison, he's like he really is selling this to me. At first, I thought that this was not working, um, in terms of Dominic with the Judgment Day, but yeah. I, I was so wrong, and I'm so glad that I was so wrong because if it's really working for me now, and it's just highly entertaining. Right, I'm, right. I'm just yeah. super invested. I'm super invested. I need to know what Dominic's gonna do. Dom and Rhea are gonna do to Ray and his mum next. I want them to turn up at someone's bar mitzvah. I want them to turn up anywhere. I want segments of them not in the ring. It's just been brilliant and it's totally working. So he needs to keep going because again, me and my sister were both very anti-Don when he first took on this role and this persona and it's working so well for me. I love it. Yeah, but this is great. I gave, I gave the whole entire thing four and a quarter, but uh, I also want to say too, this is also, Judgment Day's growth have been so great to watch that 
we don't even realize that this has basically been Edge's feud for like for I don't know how long now. <laughs> He's been feuding with Judgment Day for at least over a year at this point, or about to be a year. So, yeah, uh, like I said, good stuff from everyone involved here. Well, this is the weird thing, and I was going to mention it later, but it's a good point to mention now. This is why a chamber felt so special in some ways, because if you look at Brock and Bobby, Edge with uh, Judgment Day, and Rain Zane, that's Reigns and Zane's the shortest storyline feud out of those matches. You know, like it goes back from Rumble last year, goes back even right. before that when it comes there to, you know, to get to this where the match is actually saying. And like I said, Beth looked fantastic. And she didn't get there in time, uh, but Edge got the probably after three, but the referee wasn't going to ruin that. Uh, Jackson, <laughs> what did you think of this match? Um, again, just reiterating what both of you said, which is I felt it was a great match. There were some great moments, and I really do need to give a shout-out to Beth and Rhea for that double male power bomb. Um, you know, not many... Uh, I think many women's wrestlers can do that, but not many women's wrestlers would take that chance. And I just thought it went brilliantly, just really coming, um, like, showing Beth still got it, Rhea still got it, Um and yeah, I was invested. I really didn't know who was going to win. Um, and I kind of didn't mind who won in this outcome because the match itself was so great. I gave it a four and a quarter as well. Uh, Gina, what about you? Um, yeah, I mean, for me, I really think that all of Judgment Day need to be pushed going forward. I think all of them need to go up. I think that things are working so well for them right now that they do need to be pushed. So I was a little shocked because I kind of thought Rhea and Finley, like they could have done with the win in saying that we beat these legends. We, we, you know, bullied them and, and tried to bring them down every time we've been in the ring and we've actually closed that chapter and actually putting them down, you know? Um, so I, I was hoping for the judgment day to win, but I also wasn't mad at Beth or Edge winning it. And I also want to give a, a shout out to Beth for her makeup for that night, representing for Born Nakano. Honestly, it was so good. I loved it. So what did you score that? Sorry. Yeah, I, I recognise. What did you say, James? What did you score that out of five? That's an excellent point with the Born Nakano thing. But um, what did you score out of five? Oh yeah, I gave it a four and a quarter. Four and a quarter. Awesome. Um, stuff there. Predictions, Monty and James that's, went for Beth and Edge. Gina and Jaxie went for Judgment Day. So at the moment, I am tied with Gina and Jaxie on two. Monty is ahead on three as we head to the US uh, United States Championship Chamber match. The champ came out first. And Corey had to mention Brian fiving Austin Theory off a pod last year. Like he'd ever forget that walking out. Uh, Montez Ford was second. Is this his breakout year or performance in the chamber? Big Bronson Reed was third out with Damian Priest being the last man in the pods. And what a treat to see Johnny and Seth start. Great exchange to begin with there. Theory was third. He got battered by Seth and Johnny in a funny spot. Priest was fourth and took out all three. But when Bronson came out, he destroyed everyone. Ford was last and seemed like a different man coming out, telling everybody to suck it all the time as well. Reed nearly broke his neck when John Rana, which you never thought I'd be saying. Ford turned into Spider-Man, jumping from the roof. And the way he twisted and just let go 
was absolutely crazy. And it took Seth, Johnny and Ford hitting their finishes to eliminate Bronson Reed. We see Johnny Gagano hurricane run a Seth off a pod. One of the craziest things I've ever seen in a chamber match. Uh, Razor's Edge by Priest eliminated Johnny. Ford with a blockbuster took out Priest surprisingly. Tried for a slog splash, frog splash, but Fury got his knees up. Rollins delivered a stomp. Fury pinned him to the dismay of the audience, and Ford looked injured. And this led to Logan Paul taking advantage of an open door and hitting the best buckshot lariat in professional wrestling <laughs> for like a stomp. Fury took advantage of living A Town down for the successful title defense. Now, Jaxie, I'm going to come to come to you. Let's look at the positives. First question I want to ask you. Johnny Gagano. What a fucking wrestler, right? eh? What a performance. I mean, he took some amazing bumps that just, like, he he really knows how to work. Like, he's one of those consistent wrestlers that just gives you match after match after match, and he just puts on such a performance. So you you definitely have to give him credit, because there were... Some few a few bumps that I was like, is he okay? <laughs> you know, um, but he can handle it. He's he's a great wrestler. So yeah, if, to start with Seth, I thought they had a great exchange, um, and I was interested to see like them in a more in a one on one match again. Um, I would definitely love to see that happen again. Uh, and then the the negative Logan Paul, but again setting up the WrestleMania match. Wrestle. You know, James. I'm not even mad at this. Do you want to know why? Why? Because if you ask my sister, I know we didn't say this on the uh, like any predictions or anything like that because we didn't do a podcast, but I called this way before this even happened. I said that Seth being in this elimination chamber match ain't going to mean shit because Logan Paul is going to turn up and then and either take him out or just continue beating up on him after he was taken out. So I knew he was going to turn up. I really did. So it actually didn't shock me. It, I just had like that grim look on my face to be like, ew. Yeah. <laughs> Here we go. Can you just get off already? Okay, we've seen you. Bye. What that sort of thing. Um, it was a great so yeah, I, I, I think it was a great um, elimination chamber. Um, I actually just gave it a four and a half because I think that the overall outcome it was it was to be expected. I took I took a risk uh with my my pick of the night, which was Damien Priest. Um I do think that Damien has it in him to actually hold the US title and be a part of the judgment day and I really believe that he, he could have actually had that opportunity. He didn't this time around and I was slightly gutted, but I kind of knew it was gonna be between Damien Priest to win the belt or Austin Theory to retain. Um and yeah, after seeing Damien Priest get uh, eliminated, I knew that Logan Paul was going to turn up. He was going to uh, cost Seth the match and then that was going to be the reason for their match at WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. So, I want to say I was shocked but I kind of wasn't. So, the question is, Gina, why didn't you listen to Jackson then? <laughs> no, don't. I'm actually so vexed. Like, a... <laughs> even though my said that I was like no no I, I'm not gonna see I, I really dislike the Paul brothers if anybody doesn't know that I really dislike them it's not to say my sister does <laughs> like them but I just really like if you raise any of their names to me I'll get out of my house you know so it's just like one of those moments where I'm just like oh for fuck's sake like, 
as soon as I came out, I just as soon as he came out, I wanted to walk out of the room. So I was I was really annoyed by this. I put Seth because I actually said if he's going to go into WrestleMania and have a match against Logan Paul, at least let him be some form of champion. And so that's why I went with Seth. Um, I was disappointed in that, but I also felt like it was a great match still to watch. There was also one spot, and I can't remember who it was. I think it was when Damian Priest first came out of the pod, and it, like, he flipped. Was it Johnny Gargano? I can't remember. I think it was Damian Priest, and he just flipped someone. No, it was and it Seth. Just looked... Yeah. He oh, it was Seth, Seth. He did it too. I didn't yeah, know what you were on about. He just no, he didn't even flip him. He kicked him. Yeah, and he just did yeah. a 360. <laughs> That bit was yeah. great. I, I was definitely a great boot to the face. <laughs> <laughs> what would you score that, uh, Gina? Uh, just because of Logan Paul, I'm giving it a four. Uh, four. Uh, see, for me, watching this, so many NXT links, you know, three former North American champions. Uh, and, of course, we see yeah. Johnny and Priest feud over that championship with Bronson Reed beating him as well. Uh, it's great to mm-hmm. see that the future looks really bright from here. And, you know, Montez Ford, we not mentioned him, but what performance? Yeah, and then you have, like, Theory and his relationship with everyone. So it was really, really deeply rooted. They even made note of that at the beginning of the chamber. But, like, yeah, it was a nice – there's a lot of NXT links there. And I really – I can't really do the match justice. Like you mentioned, Montez made himself a star. If he, he's always been a rising star. A lot of people always talk about his potential – but I think this match truly—you truly got a chance, a little, a little glimpse into uh, what everyone was talking about him possibly being on his own and how that would look and how that would feel, and even with the great gear, the awesome gear that Bianca, by the way, made. Which, by the way, she just—it's nothing that Bianca can't do if we haven't noticed. Uh, but uh, that gear was awesome. He looked like a star, and he—he uh, he wrestled like a star. Bronson Reed and Priest uh, represented themselves well. And I thought Seth and Gargano kind of carried a lot, a big bulk of the match and picked up and set up those set pieces for, uh, for a lot of those crazy spots that we saw. Like you mentioned, that hurricane run off the top was insane. I really thought I really didn't get, didn't get a good glimpse of what happened to Johnny after that. So I was like, hey, is Johnny alive? Like, how did he survive this fight <laughs> the way he he came off? But it was still an awesome uh, visual, something I've never seen. Probably the best chamber match I've ever watched. And even the way they did that with Montez selling the, the, the stomp and uh, being injured, the way they got Logan Paul in there, because I was wondering, I figured Logan was going to show up, but I was like, how are they going to do it? Is he going to be under the, the, the prod, kind of like Shawn Michaels did Undertaker, I think, back in the day when he showed up in the chamber? Or, you know, how are they going to get him in there? So I thought that was a creative way to, uh, after his start making, like, flurry of moves and he got eliminated. Uh, it was a nice way to uh, let Logan Paul get in there and disrupt the match like I predicted that he would. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, man, but the, that interference couldn't, didn't take away too much, even though that probably is the only negative that I could even say about this chamber, and that would be Logan Paul showing up. But I gave it 4.9 stars. It was really, really good. Yeah. Good yeah. as it gets. Can I also just, like, actually add to it uh, that there was, like, one moment where everyone was working together to to take out Bronson Reed and everyone just had their special moment, their, their special right. moves. Um, I thought it all, it, it all just worked so well. I was getting lit, uh, like, you know, when Johnny Gargano started with his move and then I think it was Seth and then it was Montez and just the whole sort of procession of, oh, no, they started with kicks first. 
wasn't it? They they started kicking him in the face, like one after the other, joining in and then finishing on their specials. I think that whole segment, it was just so yeah, good. Not that only did so that, cool. he Reed look so good and, you know, like a formidable foe that you really can't get down. But it really made um, a, a highlight moment out of all three wrestlers and what they can do, including uh, Johnny Gargano, who hasn't had much screen time on, um, you know, normal TV at the moment. So to see him be highlighted this way in the elimination chamber i think it was all booked really well yeah and i should say yeah that poison ronald spot too by the way yes i thought i thought johnny <laughs> or bronson was gone <laughs> but i should say yeah that was crazy that was crazy. <laughs> johnny gagano as well we talk about a lot of gear and of course he was repping bluey so shout out to all you bluey fans out there uh fair play to that um Oh, no, I'm going to give it four and three quarters out of five. Problem is, you can't give it a five because, you know, the main event's coming. So that's what my five is reserved for. Uh, predictions. Yeah. <laughs> Me and Monty went for Theory. Jackson went for Priest. Gina went Rollins. So the scores, Jackson, Gina on two. I'm on three. Monty is on four. As we head for a main event, undisputed WWE Universal Championship, Sami Zayn versus Roman Reigns. Gina, were you that Roman Reigns came out first? No, definitely not. Because it's Sammy's hometown and they were going to be going mental, they, I, I knew that they were going to save Sammy to last because I think if they had brought Sammy out first and then dropped Roman's music, I think the whole crowd would have chanted Sammy's name over Roman's music the entire time. And I know that they can blast that sound up especially for those watching through the tv i still would have felt those sammy chants so i i was not surprised that he came out first well sammy should have come out first and then sat cross-legged in the middle of the ring waiting for it to i mean, I wonder who's I mean yeah before. but then he's not malachi <laughs> black is he <laughs> Uh, but what a reaction for Sami Zayn. The emotion accompanying Zayn's entrance was palpable and aided even more so by the presence of his wife at ringside. They showed her enough, for fuck's sake. Uh, <laughs> but got into the match. This was all about Roman. Roman Reigns. I mean, the, the thing is about Roman is himself is that he's got a brilliant formula and he's in it for nearly an hour. You know, and I think people forget that even with the story there, you know, that we're getting to. And Reigns taunting Zayn's family, telling his wife, I just wanted us to work together and beating Sammy down in front of all his family. Of course, Sammy managed to get the comeback. There was a great moment where Rock Reigns with a Superman punch, then followed with a Huluva kick for one of the closest near falls you will ever see. Reigns' last second kick out is goat territory. After this one, I'll tell you that. Um, the crowd, as hot as it was, it only enhanced it. And then there was an appearance by Jimmy Uso, who blindly helped Reigns, and nearly cost Zane before the resident challenger kicked out. By the time Jey Uso arrived and refused to hit Zane with a chair, but was not blast his cousin. How do we think at that point he was going to fuck? I wanted him to. You know, I wanted him to hit Roman so much. With that chair, but he couldn't. I do definitely it. thought they were going to for a hot sec. I <laughs> thought he was going to, and I was like, "Oh, Jay, are you going to do it?" Because I don't know whether or not I'm going to cheer this or not. Like, it was definitely one of those moments that made you think, I, I, "What's going to happen?" I didn't think he would, but only because I feel like that's how like 
the whole thing with Sammy went down is that Sammy was past the chair to do it to Kevin. Yeah, but this is why it would have come it. across even more shocking if Roman was like, right, well, let's do this properly. I'll get Jay to, uh, Jay to finish this then. And then ha- for a, have a second guy actually, you know, just mm. hit him from behind and take him out. Yeah, that would have been hilarious. I mean, how... I don't think it, it should have happened. No, but it shows you how cocky Roman is, is he puts himself in that yeah. same situation and believes. It's, it's almost giving the guy and saying, you haven't got the guts. Mm. This was it to Jay saying, you haven't got the guts to do it, so know your kind of role, so to speak, uh, in the bloodline. And again, we talk about the kind of reactions for near falls and stuff like that. It was when Zane uh, hit the... When an errant kick from Zane to Jay, we were like, oh, no, this doesn't look good. And then turned around. Oh, yeah. No, so I was like, <laughs> I, I was acting like, like I was there. James, no lie. I was shouting out, Jay, you didn't mean it. You didn't mean it. <laughs> he not know like what that he was going to do. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> unfortunately, Sammy turned round into the spear from Reigns and ended the championship aspirations for the hometown hero. But the night was not completely finished. Tyson Fury showed up and sang with Sami Zayn uh, to end the show. And oh no, wait a minute, no, 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 my bad, my bad. <laughs> Sorry, no, it was Kevin Owens who showed up on stage. He fucking laid into Jimmy. There's no doubt about that. Sends him through. Yeah, they were like, let's rebuild this announce table so you can put someone else through it. All right, uh, hit Reigns with a stunner. And then steps aside, allowing Zayn to deliver the one or the halluva kick to Reigns. Um, KO did not stick around low, as he said, unrepaired issues between the two, or actually giving Zayn his moment, uh, walking uh, away. Again, I, I felt this disappointment before, but I truly believe, like I said, the No Way Out 2004 vibes with Eddie Guerrero and Brock. I couldn't take my eyes off this. This was the WWE title hasn't felt this important in years, you know. Uh, so we'll start, Monty. I'll start with you. What did you think of this main event? Yeah, man. I can't like you just mentioned. It was, it was the intros and intro, the intros and the interests with the along with the crowd by itself, just from the beginning of the match, it was just incredible. Like it's like you just mentioned. This supposed to be an elimination chamber. They call these B shows. <laughs> this is felt like one of the biggest matches ever, man. And like with the crowd still being that into the show at that point, just proves how not only great the show had been up to that point, but how great this storyline was. Because you know that this is what everyone came for. What Sammy was gonna do in this situation, and it felt like Sammy had the whole world on his side. He threw everything possible at the chief, like you mentioned, and. Uh, I, I, like I said, I can't say enough. That crowd was just incredible. You know, uh, like I was, like you mentioned, uh, I wasn't even there, but my heart was racing at some of those spots and some of those uh, false finishes. Like you didn't know what was going to happen. Uh, the ref bumps, they did multiple ref bumps, and every time a referee went down, I was just like, "What the hell is going to happen next?" Uh, uh, you know, watching this from uh, home, you know, you just felt like you was in Montreal with them. It felt like an instant classic. Like they were really going, like they really were doing that good, that well, and uh, everything just flowed perfectly. And uh, it's just something I never forget. The only drawback 
that I even thought about was, like you said, mentioned kind of happened after the match. Like, of course, the drama with Jay and all of that, I thought that was well done, even though, of course, like everyone wanted Jay to hit him there. But I just, I as much as I, I wanted that, I really just didn't like him thinking about it so long. I, I thought he, I was like, because I was like, Jay, you'd have had like three, four weeks to figure out <laughs> <laughs> whether you, you're done with this or not. And I'm like, why are you still thinking about it at this point, Jay? Like, do you want, you you with Roman or you not? Like, babe, come on now. But it, it still worked out and played out how, uh, how I thought it would go with Roman retaining. And then with, with Kevin coming out late, I was kind of worried. About that, but uh, on Raw the next night, they kind of explained the way any problems I had with that with Kevin basically saying I didn't do that for you, and I'm like, you know what? Now it makes sense because of course, if he was doing it for him, he could have made the run out a lot earlier, did a mm-hmm. stone cold for Mick Foley type of deal, you know? Yeah. And while the referees was down, you know, uh, and the crowd would have went nuts if they would have got something like that. But it, again, it worked uh, out perfectly in my opinion. I still had, I thought this was special, so I gave it five stars in the end. But man, what a ride! And uh, I know I gave it had to give you. I really wondered what you thought about it, James, because I said this reminded me so much of Clash. It wasn't like oh, except Jesus they Christ. they handled it, the pick up the crowd a little bit better. They picked up the crowd way better than in Canada than they did for you guys. I'm still not. It, it, it <laughs> like PTSD. It was. It was. I was sent back. To the kind of the 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 reaction from the crowd <laughs> after Zayn was pinned, that kind of dejection, yeah, and just oh, silence. It's like deflated. Uh, it's uh, I, I can do like you know even the clash, but but like with Reigns, it's a streak. You know this. What we're experiencing now is people going, "Oh, the Undertaker at WrestleMania." Well, you know he's always going to win, but when you believe it. When you believe this is going to happen, and that's what makes wrestling so great. We all went for Reigns, but there was a part of us, when Zayn hit that halluva kick and had him beaten, we were like, you motherfucker. You you had this done. My my only shoot, like I said, this was so hard for Sami Zayn because what next now as well? Needs to, you know, like I said, tag team run. But look at Drew, you know, is he going to come near again? Depends what happens at WrestleMania with Cody asking so many questions. My only issue here was Solo. And Solo's kind of, where was Solo at this moment in time? Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I agree. I would have really liked Reigns coming to, into like the arena and going like, where's Solo? And then seeing him like even knocked out, you know, trapped somewhere. And Zayn's kind of booked Solo a ticket somewhere else and thinking, I've dealt with Solo now. I've just got Roman because I know I've got Jay in my pocket and Jimmy's not an issue, you know, or, or something like that, you know, rather than, oh, I Rain. definitely agree with you, James. I, know I, I think even just much. the lack of, um, <laughs> even just the lack of just saying anything about yeah. where Solo is, I think that even spoke volumes. It's just like, even just at least mention, oh, he got stuck because his flight got cancelled. Yeah. And then maybe in a week's time on Raw, you turn around and have Kevin go, Sammy. I did that for you. I cancelled his ticket. Like, you know, something like that. You know, it would have just been nice to kind of like tie in. If you're going to like tie all the different bloodline members into the storyline, you need to include them all, which is obviously solo. Because I was saying that I actually didn't even think any of the Usos were going to be coming out in that final match. I thought it was literally just going to be solo. So, yeah, it was quite shocking to just not even hear anything. Yeah, Uh, this this is the thing. And and the the reaction from the crowd and that kind of... The, the way they built the, the match itself. I mean, like Jaxie, the the match itself. But this 
this is special because as we've spoken about, it's about the challenger and not mm. since McIntyre have we had a guy that goes, do you know what? This makes all the sense in the world for Zane to go over at this moment in time. Think of option. And again, my question yeah. is, uh, main event's great, but is Cody the right choice? <laughs> like, is Cody bigger than well, Drew was in Cardiff and same was in Montreal? I mean, that, that exactly. You're, you're exactly right there. I, you you have to like you know give it a little bit of truth that you know be it, it didn't it doesn't exactly help when they're, they're in their respective countries uh, and and they're going to have you know a fan base there when they're in their respective countries but you also can't deny the level of talent that uh any of these wrestlers have like drew had like you know like sammy has uh they they have what it takes to actually be the tribal chief um and uh, again i have to agree with you guys here on the lack of solo not being there did not make sense at all um it made more sense for Jimmy and Jay not to have turned up and to have uh, uh, Solo there. Instead, he's the enforcer. He's Roman Reigns' right-hand man that's still not been taken down, let's not forget. Which he's made... still not really been taken yeah. down. Um, yeah. So it, it, it does leave you just wondering a little bit, like, you know, wh- whether or not they wanted to involve the Usos because of, you know, their connection to Sammy sort of thing. It still doesn't actually take... it answer the question as to why Solo wasn't there at all, why he wasn't even brought up. But even um, if, if so, Solo was if Solo was there, and even Drew McIntyre came yeah. out, claymored him, and said to Sammy, go on, pal, mm. do what I couldn't. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or mm. something. But it's just... It yeah. kind of, it kind That's of what it feels like, like it's going to have to happen, too, by the way. Like yeah. he's gonna have, Whoever wins it, if Cody wins it, he's going to have Drew, <laughs> Kevin, Sammy, Sammy, everyone who's been wrong yeah, about been Roman wrong. on his side. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be the Egg Girl Friends Club. You know, they all come at once. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like we're all sick of this. Do it for us, Cody. We're gonna we're gonna keep these guys away from it. <laughs> yep. But it's just, yeah, I think it's just a little bit. De- I, I feel a little bit defeated by the whole situation because, in a in, in in theory, this should be over and done with. However, I I don't really want it to end yet because I feel like there's there's I just want another Sammy versus Roman again it was just so goddamn good mm, it really really was uh, Gina what were your thoughts on this main event yeah I mean I think it just met everybody's expectations um I'm not sure if like people generally did think that the title was going to change here I didn't think it was but I, I really wanted it to. I, everybody really wanted Sammy to just pull that upset and shock us all. And I am a bit gutted that that didn't happen. But I'm also kind of like, please tell me that this means that we're going to get another match out of this. Because they both had quite a long time as well for, for their match. I think it was like 40 minutes or just under, maybe 35. Um, and for me, that's I was shocked. When you can't even let two beasts cause chaos in the ring like Brock Lesnar and Bobby Lashley for longer than eight minutes I was not really hopeful that we were going to get a nice lengthy match with Roman and Sammy Um, but we did and I was so surprised and happy with that because they both gave so much you could even tell they were both exhausted by the end of the match as well 
Um, and that's what you want. You want that exhaustion. You want to know they put everything and all their energy and power into this match. So, yeah, definitely um, was match of the night for me. And it was, I gave it a five. Yeah, this is the thing. I mean, they didn't even touch, I think, the first five minutes of the match. Just circling each other. You know, that's reserved for Rocket and Hogan, mm-hmm. not Zayn and Reigns. And that just shows you the support of of the Sammy uh, and what Roman has built. Roman has literally built this empire. And again, it's going to be even weirder to think, you know, we're, I'm, I'm questioning, is Cody worthy of doing an outsider from AEW coming here and beating our man at WrestleMania when Drew and Sammy could have had a job done. Even got someone like Kevin O. Uh, it was just great, great stuff. And it asked, you're asking more questions going out of it than you were going in, which means it was successful because you want to find mm-hmm. out what the fuck is uh, going on. So, yeah, five stars all round, I'll say, for all of us. Uh, final scores... Monty strikes back. <laughs> Gina and Jaxie end on three. <laughs> I'm on four. Monty, perfect score. Five out of five. So not only a point for the win, but a bonus point in the bonus prediction league as well. Well done, Monty. Damn, Monty. Well y'all, done. Y'all didn't see it, but I'm taking a bow. Congrats, <laughs> King. <laughs> See, no one said that to me when I smashed you all at the rumble, but again, no, that's because no, that's because you, no, it's because you're a hole whenever you win. <laughs> yeah, you don't win graciously. You congratulated yourself. You congratulated yourself before any of us could even get to you. <laughs> that does that does sound like me. Uh, I, I tell you what, what a great show! What a great show I've done today as well. Uh, so it means prediction league, WWE. Me and Monty on one, Gina Jaxie on zero. And I don't want to panic you, Gina and or Jaxie or even Monty. But in the nine years I've been doing this pod, I have never lost a WrestleMania. So good luck. Don't forget last year I got both nights. So let's just see what happens. Uh, See, James, and that's why. This, and that's this why. is exactly why no one actually congratulates you. <laughs> yeah, that's why. Yeah. Thank you for proving it. <laughs> 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 the same. <laughs> yeah, I don't know myself really. Uh, the bonus one: Jaxie is on nine, Monty ten, Gina eleven. I'm on twelve. Um, so that is the bonus leagues and stuff. We'll talk about the event as a whole. Match tonight is obviously the main event. MVP. Uh, this this was tough for me, uh, but I'm going to say Montez Ford just because this is his breakout performance. And I think we'll look back at this moment and say this is where he kind of slept on from. But then again, it could be anybody in that men's chamber. Gagano was fantastic. Seth. Bronson Reed, Priest. I'm copping out with my answer, but I'm going to go forward. Uh, Jaxie, MVP of the night. Um, I'm I'm going straight up Sammy with this one. Um, oh. It was such a great match between the two of them. And yeah, uh, I just think that Sammy deserved that. Monty? Yeah, it just feels like the night of Sammy Zayn. Just a, a night of celebration for him. So I would say Sammy Zayn and, and Montreal. Because again, that crowd was great the entire show. Uh, mm. I'm gonna say, and Monty, myself, forgetting all of them right, but uh, no, you're not me. <laughs> I'm not like you, Jeff. <laughs> you're not like me. You're not like me. 
Gina, who's your MVP tonight? Yeah, I'm going to go Sammy as well. Kind of have to here. Well, you know. Uh, so, rating, Gina, we'll start with you. Out of 10, how do you rate Elimination Chamber? Um, I'm going to give it a four and three quarters. I overall enjoyed out, the out show. Of, out of 10, um, sorry, Gina. Out of 10. Out of 10. <laughs> yeah. Oh, um, Nine and three, uh, nine and three quarters. Then, wow, um, no. out of the whole show, I did enjoy it. Um, I was gonna try and like pour a little fast one on you and say my MVP was Logan Paul, but I really couldn't even lie on that one. So, um, I, <laughs> I would say aside from that little blip, I really enjoyed the the pay per view, and I didn't really feel like there was a match that I wasn't interested in. So, yeah, it was a really good show. Yeah, really good stuff. Uh, Jaxie, what about you? Um, I'll give it, um, I'll give it a nine, nine out of ten. Yeah. That's a really, anybody listening to this for the first time, that's a really good score from Jaxie. Usually it's like seven and a half. It is. She's so negative. Yep. She's an AW mark. I'm, I'm, I'm quite a harsh critic. <laughs> hey, no, I'm not. I am not. I am a harsh critic. I don't know why I started. We've had a nice show. I've started. I apologise. You've gotten a lot of shit from me too. <laughs> No, Jaxie, Jaxie gets bound up by James constantly talking about Charlotte Flair, and then that's what ruins her rating. So exactly, <laughs> so I'm blaming that completely. Lotus <laughs> was nowhere to be found on this card. <laughs> Positive <laughs> review from Jaxie. I don't think that's a coincidence. For sure. <laughs> well, the thing is, I would have given this a ten if Charlotte was defending the title, but she's not. <laughs> Shut up! Shut up! That is totally winds me up now. Fair. I'm not even going to. Re- I'm not going to respond no, to I that, James. You're better than that, uh, Monty. <laughs> Monty, for you. I mean, the Rumble last month, uh, last month, last show. I think you gave nine and a half, and you said it was because you were riding a crest of a wave. What about the chamber? You've got no excuse now. What are you going to score out of ten? Yeah, man, same thing. Nine and a half. I couldn't give it any list because I, I actually enjoy I think the show itself was paced better and overall a better show than what we got at the Royal Rumble, even though I was there. And uh, because basically you either get like the pitch black match as the low point or you get Bobby and, and Brock as the low point. And I'll take Bobby and Brock over the pitch black match. So I'm thinking, uh, yeah, I think it's a fair enough trade. I, I just stopped at nine and a half. This is one of the best chamber pay-per-views I've ever witnessed. Like I said, it was a B show, and Triple H even mentioned it at the press conference. It felt like WrestleMania. So uh, I can't really – I think that's just putting it into perspective. It was a special night. I genuinely enjoyed it, so I gave it nine and a half. Yeah, I'm going to give it uh, nine and a quarter uh, just because I'm, I'm pissed off that you beat my predictions. That's, that's the only reason. I'm marking it down because... And I should have given it a 10 for my predictions. Let me let me get that over now, then. You should know. You just want to break win, it up again. Every yes, time I win I predictions, yeah. Quarter rating. Not, I, didn't beat them, I didn't beat the girls. I beat James. Yes, I beat James again. Yeah. Thank you, Monty. <laughs> Let's yeah. put, that, put that over. There's a lover's tiff. There's a lover's tiff between James and Monty. You're witnessing it here live. <laughs> Whenever you think about the chamber, 2023, just remember I won. But... <laughs> But for an NXT expert, we still, or experts, we still lost the NXT show. So, again, it's... Ah, yes, no, you know, to me. That's to in me. the past. Is that, is that like... James, just let you know, that was to me you lost. Yeah. 
yeah, and 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 I've smashed her at the rumble. Making so, sure like, this, this is this, the difference is, you know, like I said, we're all we're all sharing it out. You know, like we said, we're sharing it out. Look at what you've done, though, James. <laughs> As we head our next our next predictions will be AEW, I do believe. So we'll start a third prediction league. That will be that's here before WrestleMania, I do believe. Even though. It's all about WrestleMania now, who we're relying to. Um, we did have, like you said, the press conference as well. Uh, Triple H talked about how it was the most successful uh, event in Montreal of all time, and we're just counting the money. We can't stop counting money, how much money we're making. Sami Zayn was interesting because he says he felt strange following the loss, and he said hopefully he'll feel better you know, tomorrow, but it's the equivalent of a, of a GSP losing um at, at home and again it's i got asked this question as well when i watched the press conference for a couple of mates and they said well how can sammy be so upset when this is predetermined they said but he's not determining it is he do you think sammy or drew wanted to lose in their you know home countries of course they don't and that's the emotion and sammy will realize what a big moment this was but this hope is the start of something big you know if the thing is for me if sammy had come out at the chamber with his hair cut uh <laughs> i would have been like sammy winning this <laughs> like the old sammy zane so we've still got that moment to come as well um like i said there was a couple of edge and theory exchanging a few things in the press conference uh but the sammy zane thing is something definitely to watch to show just kind of the emotion of the man means to him, you know? Like, we talk about, as wrestling fans, going to wrestling events and watching it in memories. And Sammy was at Survivor Series 97. And now there will be a young kid who watched the Elimination Chamber who will now, you know, one day be a W wrestler, thanks to, in part, Sammy Zayn, you know? Uh, but, Monty, like you mentioned the press conference. It was good stuff, wasn't it, you know? Yeah, man, I really like the way they do those. I know it's probably just a direct reply to the way uh, AEW does their little uh, post-pay-per-view press conference, but they really, I really like the way WWE does it, especially for these bigger events. You get uh, everyone's uh, take on what happened, and they're, it's kind of like a blurred line. Like Sometimes they're kind of working, but it's still, you can see the honesty, you can hear the honesty in their voices, like I mentioned earlier with Beth talking about Rhea and all of that. So, you know... Uh, it's it's a nice nice little window, I guess. And then getting Triple H's thought directly after the show too. I just think it's a nice thing because I thought that was something that was really cool that AW was doing when AW allowed you to directly hear from Tony Khan. You know, basically, uh, I don't. That's not always completely honest, but you know, you get to hear directly what they thought thought about going into the show. And I think that's the same thing goes with with WWE because again, think back to how it used to be, uh, James. We had no insight into what the hell Vince was was thinking or how he felt about certain things. You you wouldn't catch him doing a press conference like this. I really don't know if this would be a thing if Triple H wasn't making decisions. Because honestly, do you imagine Vince sitting up there no, explaining no, no, to no, us no. like that? Like, no, hell no, right? So but it's the, a nice touch is, to these shows. Yeah, and then this will say the the press conference. If you're gonna, you know, if anybody's listening to this, go well. See for the kickoff of the press conference. The press conference all day long, and it's on YouTube as well, so you can watch it at work. You know, right? It, but it's even the presentation of the shots. 
that he's it, it, Triple H. If it's Triple H or whether team, and they're going right, we've got the big, you know, the big four. Any, you know, the Rumble, WrestleMania, a Survivor Series to make it more interesting with War Games, and we've got SummerSlam. How can we make the B shows more important? Clash at the Castle in the UK becomes a big deal. Chamber in Montreal becomes a big deal, and it's even like the video packaging. Uh, video packages at the end of the show recapping what we've just seen which I haven't what seems like years which makes it feel like a big event and like we had a chamber and it felt as big not as big as a Wrestlemania but as we talked about with the stories and the matches and everything that took place it was near on perfect and whatever Triple H is doing with the line up the pay-per-views is working so well as well you know so I just I have to duff my cap uh, to him and the production team at the moment, because they are doing a fantastic job, you know? Anyway. Enough, Agreed. Yeah, <laughs> enough. I think. Is there anything else, Jaxie? Um, again, with... <laughs> again, I was just going to quickly just add, um, it does feel uh, that the latest few pay-per-views that aren't the big four, um, it actually does feel... Like they've been made more of a big deal, and I do think this is a Triple H change. Mm. Um, I'm hoping that they'll stay consistent throughout the rest of this year. And and what I mean by consistent is um, that each pay per view has thought going into it. You know, that there, there, there's a purpose for that pay per view, um, and each booking is there for a reason. It's not randomly placed. Um, I'm really hoping that, you know, with how things have been with WWE at the moment, I'm hoping for great things to come out of it and really hoping that the level and the uh, the calibre of matches that we're getting um, from both Royal Rumble and Elimination Chamber so far that continues on throughout the rest of the year and, and helps to build up some of these wrestlers who really kind of have been sitting on on the like sidelines right now um, as of late. Uh, I'm hoping that we'll get a chance to kind of see that um, come to fruition. Yeah, without a shadow, like I said, we are all excited. I mean, uh, Gina, you, this is your second WrestleMania on the podcast, but I think this is the most excited you've probably heard us all heading into a WrestleMania show, which is still six weeks away. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. It's nice to know that this is going to be my second one going in. I won't feel so much of a noob, but it's it's so fun to hear how you guys react. And I wonder whether I react in the same way if I'm not reacting as over the top or whether I'm doing it more than you guys. But it's just fun. And I, I do look forward to this WrestleMania um, just because I'm so invested in the sto- some of the storylines for some of the matches already. So, yeah, I'm I'm super looking forward to it. Without a shadow of a doubt. Well, that is it for today, then. Don't forget, we're across all social media, Twitter at the Dubliner Podcast. I'm at the Dubliner JR. You can find the entire Dubliner team on the Twitter banner. Monty, you first. Uh, plug your stuff. Yeah, at mine, Monty Pod on Twitter, like you just mentioned, on, on your banner. Or you can click the link in my bio, go to my YouTube channel, Mind of Monty, subscribe, you know, like my latest uploads. Uh, and uh, yeah, just give me a listen. Right, shallow without Jaxie, where can people find you? Uh, you know me, I'm across both Twitter and Instagram at Jaxie Scarlett. And Gina? Yeah, and you can find me at Purple Pain on both. And just FYI, it's Ricky Stark's birthday. 
Happy birthday, Ricky Stars. You have got such a Harley Quinn joker relationship with him. It is unbelievable at this moment in time. Uh, well, it's up on Facebook. And Instagram. <laughs> That's for sure. <laughs> Across all Google platforms, send us the email at domlapodcast at gmail.com and youtube.podcast. We have all the latest clips of podcasts at the same time on YouTube. We do SoundCloud on your phone, also Spotify and iTunes, where you can download, subscribe, rate, and review there. So that is it. Our next episode will be AEW Prelude, which will just be me, uh, which will be coming this weekend. I know people love it when it's just me talking shit about AEW by myself. Also, I will do a Road to WrestleMania show catching up with Raw and SmackDown before WrestleMania. Uh, Battle in the Valley has been pushed back. We're going to do that on the 1st of March, just in part so we can review the Casual Okada match versus Kato Kiyomiya. Is that correct pronunciation, Monty? Yep, yeah, pretty good. Close enough. Yeah. Kiyomiya. Kiyom. Yeah. Nailed it. Until then, <laughs> I've been James Rowlands, and I was joined by the fantastic Jaxi Scarlett. Thank you for joining me, Jaxi. Uh, and I'm glad you enjoyed the show. As always, it's been fun. It's been fun. <laughs> <laughs> mind of Monty. Again, yeah, I, I bet you've got a shit-eating grin at the moment for the predictions. Definitely, definitely feeling good, but I got to catch a plane, so the airport is going to probably bring that mood down, because you know how that can be. <laughs> <laughs> Always listen back to this, and that will, that will uh, <laughs> extend the fun, will it? Like, you know, go back to the yeah, yeah. podcast back. What I, what I do is when I'm traveling on a plane, I always find a Monty, always chills me out as well. Uh, and of course, <laughs> the genius of Gina... Thank you very much for joining us. I hope you enjoyed yourself. Definitely. To be honest, this has been one of my favourite shows to review because I've been quite negative about some most pay-per-view shows for WWE. Um, so it was really nice to kind of have a bit of a, a positive in, uh, outlook coming into this podcast. And I'm excited for the next. Yeah, well, that is it. That's it. Thanks for listening, everybody. And bye. We'll